When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What makes people suddenly change careers at a point in life when you're comfortable, everything is working out? So I'm inviting Robert Zimmerman on, and I'm not inviting him on politically. I'm inviting him on like, why do people do this? And what gave you the courage to take a chance in a very complicated uh, project like running for Congress? Welcome, Robert Zimmerman. Thank you, Joan. It is so great to be with you. And congratulations on the great success of your show and the revitalization of WABC. It's become the talk of New York. So congratulations on the great success for the radio station itself. So it's just amazing, great to be with right? you. It's just fantastic. It's so great for New York to see WABC so vibrant and strong. It's wonderful. And yeah. this, your show is just really getting so much attention. I've just been thrilled to be with you. I had a very exciting, unusual time in my life, quite frankly. One, a time in my life I wasn't expecting to happen. So what made, what made it happen? I know you um, are running or ran a very successful business. You knew everyone. Everyone knew you. And then suddenly we hear that Robert Zimmerman is going to make a run for the seat in the third congressional district. Well, I have to tell you, you know, I've always been very committed and engaged with public affairs. Uh, when I was just in high school, I was an intern in my congressman's office. Later became a senior member of his staff. Uh, he represented Long Island and very much loved that experience. And from there, I came home, built my business now in its 33rd year. But I've been a commentator on the different networks as well, discussing the different issues. And never thought I'd have the chance to be in public life, to hopefully have the privilege of serving in Congress. And quite frankly, when the seat opened up, I started getting phone calls from a number of my friends in public life, like New York State Controller Tom DiNapoli, or former Congressman Gary Ackerman, your old friend, of course. And other folks have said, you know, you've been out there on so many community issues and public affairs issues, it's time you took a stand for yourself and you stepped up and took, you know, as the expression goes, got in the room where it happens and took your shot. And honestly, I just closed my eyes, made my decision and stepped up to run. And I'm grateful that I did. And the reason Joan very simply is this, we are so divided as a country right now. And the issues I care about so deeply are on the line. Everything from our democracy to our, to our personal freedoms to, in fact, rebuilding our economy after COVID. And I felt if I didn't take a stand now, I never would. And I think what really drove me more than anything else was the urgency to restore mainstream voices into our political process. To begin to, and John Casamitigis talks about this all the time, correctly so, to begin to rebuild a dialogue of trust we can accomplishments, both to improve our, you know, our domestic manufacturing here in our country, to lower, lower costs like our prescription drug costs for our seniors, to provide more opportunities for our young people. There are so much at stake, but it begins with bringing mainstream voices into the process 
and not letting the extremes control the dialogue. And I thought, if I didn't step up now, I never would. I'm proud I did, won the Democratic nomination, and hopefully we're on our way for November. But I'm really curious, if you asked most people, what do their local congressmen, congresswomen, what do they do? A lot of people would say, I don't know, nothing much. They run for office, you know, spend a lot of time doing that. Do you think? That's exactly right. It's exactly, they tell you a few things would be a lot more derogatory than just, I don't know. They'd be wondering, what the heck do they really do? Yeah, what do they do? Yeah. And, and, and can you, know, you the, the question is, as someone new, even though you've always, I remember you were appointed to presidential commissions, a Kennedy sure, appointment, sure. an Obama appointment, that's you right. know, they, they were like, wow, well, you know, that's yeah, amazing, I, but I was, still. I was, nominated by both, I was nominated by both President Clinton to serve on the presidential commission of the arts for the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. And President Obama actually nominated me to serve on the National Council on the Humanities. And uh, so, I've, so I've always stayed, and I've certainly been involved in our local communities throughout Long Island uh, for environmental, environmental issues to protect the Long Island Sound, and President of American Jewish Congress on Long Island. And as a small business owner, I've been very, for 33 years, I've been very engaged in trying to rebuild our local economy because it's so critical because if we have a strong middle class, we build a future. Making sure the middle class has a future is, is absolutely essential. So, but you know, do you but if you look feel... at what a member of Congress does, to your point, it's really, the role can be very important. I don't think there's ever been a tougher time to be in Congress, nor a more important time. In fact, John Meacham, the presidential historian, said this year's midterm elections, November 8th, may be the most significant in our country's history since the Civil War. Quite a statement. But a member of Congress, the role they, the most important role from my perspective is being there to deliver for their communities. Congress is very big on appropriating money. The challenge is to make sure that money comes home. So we can, in fact, now we do have opportunities now uh, to rebuild our infrastructure. The major bipartisan infrastructure bill that was passed in this past session of Congress, bipartisan. But now we've got to make sure the money comes home to repair our bridges, repair our roads, and to help put people, you know, give people job opportunities here. To use the infrastructure funds, to, especially on Long Island, protect our water system, to make sure our, our underground drinking water is safe and it's, it's clean and it's, it's protected. To make sure the Long Island Sound is, in fact, renovated. Not renovated, but improved, because we face a lot of issues from sewage treatment plants that spew nitrogen into the sound. So infrastructure funds and making sure they're delivered for Nassau and for Queens and Queens has tr- truly important issues to address there, ranging from transportation, road repair, making sure many of the public you know, school facilities are, reno- are renovated properly. Um, and so there are a lot of issues there that have to be addressed through infrastructure. And making sure the dollars come home is very important. Also making sure that when constituents walk into the office, they know that their member of Congress is going to be there to serve them, whether it's addressing Social Security issues or addressing uh, various other issues they may have regarding uh, veterans' benefits and the like. So well, let me ask you a question. When you were important. a kid and growing up, you struggled to find your voice. You grew up in a suburban Long Island community in a very tight family, but you still were a kid who was a little different, and it wasn't easy finding out whom you were oh, or acknowledging you it. I'm glad you bring it up. Growing up as a closeted gay kid in the 70s, 
was very difficult. It was very isolating. Uh, and, you know, I used to literally go to the diner in Great Neck, the Seven Seas Diner. Uh, when I was a kid, I'd, on Friday nights, I didn't want to tell my folks. I didn't, I didn't have a date for the school dance. I didn't want to admit it. And when I was a little older, I confided in a former educator who said to me, you know, you really ought to see a doctor who can make you better. Mm-hmm. I didn't, he was recommending conversion therapy, which I didn't do. It's hard when you're young to shake the idea that maybe, maybe you are sick. And, right. of course, during the, so it was a very isolating time. And I really found my voice through community service, public affairs, it brought me to my congressman's office and got me engaged in those issues. And it's also made me address the hate crimes that we see on a, just an extraordinarily dangerous level, impacting our, our Asian and our, our Chinese and Korean communities, the gay community, uh, the Jewish community, uh, certainly, uh, the Indian and Pakistani community. I mean, these are this issue of the growth of hate crimes is very important to me because I dealt with the kind of just, you know, harassment that a young gay kid faced. So that's something I think, frankly, as a member of Congress, I want to make sure we have more support for our police, more funding to give our police the additional training they want and the tools they need to address crime on the street and different types of other crimes like hate crimes in the community. I think that's going to be very important to do. Well, making sure the Department of Justice keeps a prop- Yeah, it's a critical issue. And so I want to make sure that we're, we, we are funding our police and really reinvesting in them because of the important role they play in terms of our public safety. And it all begins, Joan, by having mainstream voices in the system that can work in a bipartisan way. And I've been given great credit from Republicans for doing that in the past, and I'm the kind of Democrat that wants to do that in Congress. So Zimmerman, or I'm talking to Robert Zimmerman, who was <laughs> running the truth, Joe, You always call me Zim. You, slip, you always call me Zim. Which is perfectly fine. <laughs> well, Robert Zimmerman. But here's another maybe naive question, but if you get elected for this seat in the uh, third congressional district in um, Nassau, parts of Nassau and Queens, can a newcomer make a difference? You, We talked about you struggling to find your voice, which you did. But can that voice be heard if you get elected as someone new? You know, I think it's a really important point you bring up. I think one of my strengths is because I have been so active on the national scene and locally in Queens and Long Island. I I know the committee chairs. I know the congressional leadership. And there are many places you can work in a bipartisan way. For example, we have the Northport VA facility and veterans facilities in New York City that are underserved, that need to be, need infrastructure funds so they can be improved and upgraded. And that's going to be critical to do. Veterans issues, it's always been a bipartisan issue to me. In fact, when there was an effort to close down much of the Northport VA, I went and met with the chair of the Veterans Affairs Committee and spoke to him about the urgency of it. And so through Chuck Schumer's leadership as our senator and people like myself who spoke out, we were able to get the Veterans Administration to reverse, reverse itself. So that's an example of where being engaged in the process can be helpful to work in a bipartisan way. The Long Island Sound, absolutely critical to our economic, recreational needs, our regional needs in Long, on Long Island, for, and for the city for that matter. Uh, it's always been a bipartisan mission to make sure we upgrade our facilities to improve the Long Island Sound, upgrade our programs to clean the Long Island Sound, uh, the water in the Sound, and make sure it's protected from uh, flooding, nitrogen, and contamination. And that's always been a bipartisan mission. 
uh, for members of Congress, and I want to continue that. But in order to do that, you've got to have a commitment to work in a bipartisan way and have be a mainstream voice to get it done. And that's that's where you can have a real difference in people's quality. Now, some issues won't be achieved that way. But I think you can achieve bipartisanship, on, and we've seen it done already, but we can do, we can do a better job on bipartisanship in terms of bringing down the costs of so many issues confronting our seniors and our young families. We've got to work on doing that. I want, For example, the state and local tax deduction that was taken away from us several years ago. That should be a bipartisan mission to restore the state and local tax deduction to every homeowner. It was outrageous. It, was, it should never have been removed. It was, it was really unfair. And taking it away is like a double taxation for homeowners. So that's something I want to work with Republicans on getting done. And do you find, as you're knocking on doors and running for a hard seat, do you find that people really care? Have they been turned off by what's been going on in this country? They care deeply. I think they're frustrated that no one's listening to them, but they care deeply. They care deeply about standing up for addressing the issue of crime. They care deeply about protecting our democracy. People care deeply about making sure their children can go safely to school without facing gun violence. They can stay on the subway platform safely. They care deeply. They care deeply about protecting our democracy. So I find the public awareness, the public concern is very, very high. I just think the frustration they don't feel they're being listened to is also very high. And so that's what, something I'm trying to address. But these issues you're talking I find people are care deeply and, frankly, are feeling a bit discouraged. The difficult time pulling out of COVID, the COVID period we're in, and restarting our economy, restarting our country. You know, John, in every school district I go to, I hear the same thing from the school administrators and the school nurses. The concern for mental health for the young for young people. Yeah, it's tough now. Post COVID, it's very tough now for young, for children, for young for young adults. And so we've got to really double down our efforts to provide mental health services, um, especially for our young people as they resume their lives and a new a new sense of normalcy, as it's called. But those are issues we'll be, we'll be highlighting very strongly. So what happens, I'm talking to Robert Zimmerman, who's running for the Democratic seat in Nassau County and parts of Nassau and Queens 3rd District. What happens um, if you win? Do they send you off to, I'm going to be a congressman school? Well, <laughs> Two things that happen. I've not thought about a moment after November 8th, which is election day. I don't want to jinx it, you know. I've right. got butterflies in my stomach about it. But two things are going to happen on my end. If I'm given the privilege of serving, I'm going to take my assets and put them in a, and, and put them in a blind trust. You have to do that, right? to do. I don't have to do that, no. Members of Congress are not required to do that. But I'm going to do that, and it's the right thing to do. Okay. And I'm going to vote for legislation to require that all members of Congress do that. Secondly, even though I'm not required to do it, I'm going to sell the 50% of my business back to my partners. So there's no conflict there uh, of any sort. Not that there would be, but just to make sure there's no perception of a conflict. In fact, you know, John, my business partner is a little bit too happy about that. They're a little too excited about my, um, they haven't packed me up yet. They're waiting for the election, but they're a little bit too enthused about the fact I might be moving on. So I, I, they tease me about that a lot. But in any event, though, uh, I, that's what I would do. And then literally the week after you're elected, freshman orientation begins. 
So it's like a congressman's school. Congress, the new members of Congress, freshman or, or new new Congress orientation, it's called. And you've got a military congressional officer in November and December. And you have to in January and you take the other office. There's only one promise I've made in this campaign, Joan Hamburg. I'm going to have you in the House dining room, okay? That's, can I can't a, we wait. Can you, we, we can broadcast your show from, from the House dining room on, in Washington. <laughs> I'm looking forward okay. to it, but I'm not shopping for a new dress yet. <laughs> exactly. Trust me. I don't want to jinx anything. Don't, not, don't I'm not playing anything it. past election day. No. But it's an exciting time, and it was a brave decision, too, because you have really? a major business, and it's not easy to say, I loved you, but I'm leaving you now. No, it's, a, it's a major, it was a major decision. It's a bit bravest decision in my life. It's one I'm very proud of. And I think people respect the fact that I'm not coming into Congress or hopefully coming into Congress as a career politician or someone's been running for office you know, forever. I'm coming into Congress with the background in business and a focus on ways we can strengthen the middle class, protect small business. And right. I'm coming in with a commitment to public service. It's a, been a dream of mine my whole life when I never thought I had the chance to fulfill and honored to have the chance to try and grateful for the response I've been getting so far. All right. Well, we're very excited for you. And um, I've been really interested in what makes people sort of turn on a dime at a certain point in life when they don't have to. And it's and Joe, a very strong decision. Hmm? And for your listeners, the third congressional district is northeastern Queens, which is Whitestone, Beechers, Douglaston, Little Neck. Right. Um, it goes into Queen, it goes North Shore Towers, Queens Village and Belrose, North Hempstead. The North Shore of Nassau County, including North Hempstead, Glen Cove, and Oyster Bay, going as far south as North Massapequa. Massapequa That's Park. great. And you live in your district. Absolutely. I've lived here since I was nine years of age, went to our public schools, worked for members of Congress from our district, and built my business in this district. So it's very personal to me and very meaningful that, for that reason. Okay, well... When you get elected, I'm going to drive out and go to the good chicken store in your district. <laughs> okay, good deal. That'll be good for the swearing-in ceremony. Looking forward to it. All right, all the best Thank to you. you. Congratulations on Thank a brave you. decision. And we'll talk to you after Election Day, Robert Zimmerman. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you.